0: A reading from the scriptures uh, found in John chapter seven, verses thirty-seven through fifty-two, page eight hundred ninety-two in your Bibles. <clears throat> On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, "If anyone thirsts." Let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive, for as yet the Spirit had not yet been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. When they heard these words, some of the people said, this really is the prophet. Others said, this is the Christ. But some said, is the Christ to come from Galilee? Has not the scriptures said that the Christ comes from the offspring of David and comes from Bethlehem, the village where David was? So there was a division among the people over him, and some of them wanted to arrest him, but no one laid hands on him. The officers then came to the chief priests and Pharisees, who said to them, Why did you not bring him? The officers answered, No one ever spoke like this man. The Pharisees answered them, Have you also been deceived? Have any of the authorities of the Pharisees believed in him? For this crowd does not know the law and is cursed. Nicodemus, who had gone to him before and who was one of them, said to them, Does our law judge a man without first giving him a hearing and learning what he does? They replied, Are you from Galilee too? Search and see that no prophet arises from Galilee. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this passage in the scripture, and we thank you that your word illumines us and touches our hearts. Lord, we pray that you would touch our heart anew as your word is preached. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Now, before this week started, my introductory question was, when was the last time you had a really great day? I don't really need to ask that question anymore because it happened this week for many of you. Friday, December 8th, 2023 was a great day for Opelousas. OHS won a football state championship. Wow. Landry High School started in 1893. Opelousas High School started football in 1922. I looked it up. And they waited 101 years for a state championship. One of our coaches is in their midst here. Got to be a part of that, and that is so wonderful. I know we have some competing schools in this town. But I don't think there was anybody in the city of Opelousas not rooting for OHS. Not even Northwest who almost made it to the title, to that championship as well. Great days are days that are shared. Days that everyone can rejoice. Now think about this passage and let's look back at Leviticus 23, 34 through 36 which is the origin of this day. It says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, The fifteenth day of the seventh month shall be the feast of the tabernacles for seven days to the Lord. On the first day there shall be a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work on it. For seven days you shall offer... Make offer an offering made of fire to the Lord. On the eighth day you shall have a holy convocation, and you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. It is a sacred assembly, and you shall do no customary work on it. In this passage we see that the Feast of Tabernacles was much like, or at least as close to what we can think of as Thanksgiving. Um, But so much more. We at Thanksgiving gather into our homes with our families as we celebrate separately as a nation. But the Feast of the Tabernacles was celebrated not just as a family, but as a nation together. And not just for a day, but for an entire week plus a day. But it was much more than feasting. It was a week of being holy, a week of separating out, a week to ponder what the Lord had done for Israel when the Father brought them out of Egypt. But the last day was the climax. It was the Sabbath rest and a sacred assembly and an offering by fire. In this passage, we see the words, on the last day of the feast, the great day. Just like OHS has been playing the game of football for a century without any change, so Israel had celebrated the Feast of Booths for centuries as well. God had commanded it, and Israel had followed it. The last day of the feast may have been known as the great day, but on this day, it would become the greatest of the great days. The Father had led Israel into the promised land physically, but Jesus was declaring a greater promise. Jesus Christ has redefined every Israelite holiday, and on this day, he would redefine the Feast of Booths. This day could be declared as the greatest day in the history of the world up to that point. In spite of the machinations of the Jews and the fact that many of their hearts were set upon killing Jesus, he was unaffected. Because his hour had not yet come. He was living out his preordained purpose with great joy. So on the last day, the great day, Jesus had the best news ever to share. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his water, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Palestine, parched Dry land with parched, dry souls. In 2,000 years, things have not changed much, have they, in Palestine? The feast of booze where they remembered, they were at one point crying out for fear that they would die of thirst. Jesus says, if anyone thirsts, come to me and drink. Your iPhone won't satisfy your thirsty soul. Your Facebook won't satisfy your thirsty soul. Your alcohol and your drugs won't satisfy your thirsty soul. Your pornography and your sexual addictions won't satisfy your thirsty soul. Only saving belief in Jesus will. And Jesus invites you to come to him and drink. Water. That precious substance, substance, nothing tastes better than it when you have a real thirst. I can still remember back in the days when I enjoyed running. I was working at Mount Rushmore, and I would run down that mountain to Keystone, South Dakota, and I would get a drink of water and an ice cream cone. And that drink of water tasted so, so good. Because I was so thirsty. Yet I would say that some of us like act like spiritual kangaroo rats. They live in the desert, and can survive without ever drinking any water at all. Their bodies have adapted to being um, incredibly conservative of the waters, of the water in their bodies. You know, Jesus tells us, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. So what is the opposite of this beatitude? What is the unbeatitude? Cursed are you if you don't hunger and thirst for righteousness. You know, I've shared in the past my challenge with with the dehydration curse. It's called kidney stones. I don't drink enough to keep them from forming. And no, no doubt I could easily have some spiritual kidney stones too. How about you? The inv- invitation is there. If you are thirsty, come to Jesus and drink. There's also a promise for our belief. Rivers of living water. Palestine is a dry and arid land. They don't have the Mississippi in their backyard. Here Jesus is holding out an undreamed spiritual promise. We're not talking Jacob's well here. And even the Jordan, as famous as it is, I'm told, except in flood season, is pretty much like a bayou. We would call it a bayou most days. But here Jesus is declaring rivers of water Niagara Falls kind of water, not just any kind of water, but living water. And not just flowing down a mountainside, but from the driest, deadest, most desolate part of the desert. Their dead, cold, stony, dry hearts. What starts this gusher bursting forth like the breach of a dam, like when Moses struck the rock at Massa? Belief. Belief. Real, life-changing, never-ending, soul-satisfying belief in Jesus. Streams of life that will not only change you, but your family, your future, your nation, and your world. You know, I've been near one of the tallest mountain ranges in South America, in Peru. Much of Peru is a desert. But as you approach Huaraz, the stream pours forth from the mountain turns the desert into lush vegetation everywhere it touches. That is what the living water of belief in Jesus does. It flows and flows and changes those it touches, and it restores those impacted. What was barren is now lush vegetation. God's Spirit abiding in us on the last day, the great day. There is no better day than that. As Jesus pours forth not just his truth, but the truth, the people respond. Some saw a prophet. Some wanted to arrest him. Some doubted his prophetic origination. Some declared he was the Christ. But no one touched him because his time had not yet come. Every human being on this planet, God promises, will come before the judgment seat of Christ. Each of us will receive judgment or reward for how we responded to the message that he declares. We see in this passage the typical responses of people both then and today. Those who believed he was a prophet are the kind of people that can give Jesus credit for being a great man. With a great message, but not quite the Son of God. Muhammad gives credit to Jesus for being a great prophet. Historians acknowledge he existed and his message changed the world, but many stop at personal faith. Intellectual belief is easy, but insufficient. We can know all about someone, but not really know them unless there is a meeting of the hearts. Others wanted him arrested. Why arrest Jesus? He is a threat to their person and to their way of life. Two kinds of people are in this camp, the externally religious and the rebellious. Ironically, these people who hate each other agree on one thing, kill Jesus, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Herodians. The ultra-Orthodox hated Jesus because he exposed their hypocrisy, and the rebels hated him because he exposed their vacuous love of the world and its materialism for what it was, vanity. You know, John three nineteen and 20 states, And this is the judgment, the light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. For ever, anyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. Others doubted Jesus because of where he came from, Galilee. Check the scriptures. You will see that no prophet comes from Galilee, they say. They say, has not the scripture said that the Christ comes from the offspring of David and comes from Bethlehem, the village where David was? What is ironic, 2,000 years later, we're in the thralls of the Christmas season. We're celebrating spiritual or commercial all around the world. We are celebrating Christ being born in the city of David in Bethlehem. Yet while Jesus was alive... Some doubted him because he was from Galilee and not Bethlehem. John 1, 9 and 10 10 state, The true light which gives light to everyone was coming to the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. Some passages say the world did not recognize him. I have been in the unique position of coming to my own people and having them not recognize me. I was praying one evening in college, and an idea popped into my mind, to go around as the spirit of the Christmas carol, as a means to evangelize. Now, I wanted to be that scary spirit of Christmas yet to come, and I convinced two of my friends to join me as the spirits of Christmas past and Christmas present. And everywhere we went, crowds would form, and people would ask us what we were doing. I would respond, that we are the spirits of the Christmas carol, and we are going around and asking people what the true meaning of Christmas is. And they would, of course, answer that Jesus came to the earth. Then I would ask, well, why did Jesus come to the earth? And we are right at the heart of the gospel message, to save people from their sins. I still remember one cocky fellow asking, if you guys are the spirits of the Christmas carol, where is Scrooge? And I remember him pointing my finger at him, wearing that ominous apparitions outfit, and saying, Scrooge is in the hearts of men. It was amazing how quickly he went from being cocky to sober, as he considered the possibility that he could be Scrooge. One... Extremely unique aspect of this experience was the fact that people I knew did not recognize me and they did treat me differently. One was a high school friend and she kind of blew me off. The other occurred when I went out during Halloween later on, evangeling as the spirit of the Christmas carol yet to come. It It was an extraordinary evening as the essential missing piece of my costume came into place. I was in Brainerd, my, hometown, my mother's hometown, where I was a student teaching at the time. And they just paved all the roads in the city, and they were smooth like glass. And I just had purchased a pair of roller skates and had gotten quite good with them, skating for exercise. And I donned my Christmas yet-to-come costume and floated down the streets of Brainerd. And I went to the boys' home where I uh, had been working, and I shared the gospel with them. And on the way home, a car full of young men called out to me and asked me to come to talk to them. As I approached them, they were mocking and cursing me. And uh, as I got close enough, I saw that it was my cousins and one of the students that I taught. And I decided to just skate away, thinking it was not a good scene. But behind me, I could see them, and one of them had gotten out of the car and started chasing after me. And I could hear them say, get him, Chris, get him. And I could see he was catching up to me, so I rolled around 180 degrees, pointed both my hands at him, and I said, Chris Garcia, halt. And it was like he hit a brick wall. He turned around and ran. I could hear him. someone say, let's get out of here. The next school day, Chris asked me if I, what I'd been doing over Halloween. So he must have kind of figured things out eventually. But the reality of the story, though, is that even though these people knew me, they did not recognize me. It was so strange to see how they acted toward me, not knowing me, much differently than if they, in fact, knew it was me. How much greater categorically is it that Jesus was coming to his own people people he had created in his own image, and they did not recognize him. The very image of the invisible God as a man was something they could not comprehend, even though they were seeing it with their eyes. What's more, because they lacked knowledge, some rejected him because he was from Galilee and not Bethlehem, not knowing the history of the extraordinary nature of his birth. But others said, this is the Christ. They were convinced by what he said, what he did, and by his nature that he was the Christ. You know, it may have fallen a little bit short of what we see in Acts two forty-seven, which states more and more people were being saved every day. The Lord was adding those people to the group of believers. This was in part because of the fact that when Jesus left the earth, he sent the Spirit, which had not had yet been given, even as this passage alludes to. So many Jews were anticipating an earthly king, and Jesus had yet to die on the cross. But what they understood about Jesus was in faith, even though they lacked a complete understanding. Even today, we don't know as, as much about Jesus as we will when we spend eternity with him, the already and the not yet, as we have often heard. So what does this passage mean for us? Real life Flowing life does not come from the digital stream on your iPhone. It comes from the person of Jesus Christ and belief in his atoning death on a cross and the resurrection that proves he conquered death and the life he gives to all believers. It means that if we are religious without any warmth toward Christ or if we have rejected him because we think he will reign on our personal parade and interfere with our autonomy and our self-determination that we need to repent of our sin and believe on him. It means that if we're doubting because there's some aspect of our life that does not match our preconceived ideas of who Jesus is and what he has or has not done for us, or what we know about Christ does not jive with our understanding of how things ought to be, then we we need to recognize it for what it is and realize that God can overcome any intellectual argument that seems to cast doubt on Christ's truth. If we start out with the recognition that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life, all the things we don't know about we can place under the feet of Jesus. And just like these people who did not realize realize that Jesus did come from Bethlehem and Galilee, there will be things that might seem insurmountable mountains which will turn into manageable molehills as we gain a fuller understanding. Consider these two definitions of the word arrest in the context of this passage. Arrest. Definition one. Seize someone by legal authority and take into custody. And number two. To stop or check progress. Hear the passage. The officers then came to the chief priests and Pharisees, who said to him, Why did you not bring him? And the answer and the officers answered, No one ever spoke like this man. The men who were sent to arrest Jesus were stopped by his words. They went to arrest him by force. And instead, Jesus arrested them by his words. Pray that Jesus arrests you from your misplaced authorities and agendas. We need to hold dear the recognition that there is no one who spoke like Jesus, nor lived like Jesus, nor died like Jesus, And most significantly of all, there's no one who was resurrected like Jesus in the history of the world. This is the Jesus we believe in. And as we do so in faith, our job is to drink deeply from Jesus Christ, the living water, and to let the living waters flow to everyone around us. Let's pray. Jesus... Father, we acknowledge that we have a thirst. And sometimes we satisfy, we try to satisfy our thirst with things that will not quench our souls. And we know that it's only in Jesus Christ that you will give us that soul-satisfying, never-ending comfort of being with Christ. And to know that he will satisfy every need in our life. Lord, we pray that you would help us, Lord, to live that life and to let the living waters flow from us. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.